almost poetry. Oh, we are live now. This is awesome. It's Car Con Carne. For right now, there's no car to drive. The car is in the garage. I let my insurance company know I won't be driving it for any anytime soon. So it's quarantine con carne. It's a temporary situation, but a situation nonetheless. And before we get started, I want to thank Podcorn for sponsoring this episode. I think one of the reasons podcasters just stop after launching a show is because they just assume there's no way to monetize their podcast. That's just not true. You can start monetizing your podcast with Podcorn. Podcorn has a list, a literal list of sponsorship opportunities for you to check out. And it's not just pre-roll, mid-roll stuff. Sponsors are looking for interview segments, topical discussions, host-read ads, endorsements. And these are sponsors who understand the value of podcasts. You want that. You want transparency. You want creative freedom. You want control over how your show is monetized. Me too. That's why I signed up with Podcorn. Podcorn supports you at every step. You work hard on your podcast. Start monetizing it by signing up at podcorn.com slash podcasters. I have information in my show notes too, by the way. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show. James Van Also, Car con carne tonight sponsored by C&H Financial Services. C&H Financial Services has your back. Business owners, you want to keep this website in mind free. Processingnow.com to start saving money, start getting, not having to deal with fees on credit or debit cards on payments. You need that. That's going to help your business, especially as things start to rebound. You're going to want C&H Financial Services on your side. So it is Car con carne across the vast expanse of America. We find Todd Zuckerman, drummer for Styx, now solo artist as well, uh, in, his, in this drum studio. I, I, I'm just staring behind. I'm looking right through you, Todd, because the, this drum room is fantastic. This is like fantasy land. Well, thank you. First off, that was great. Uh, second, <laughs> yeah, this was, uh, you know, growing up in Chicago, as we did, um, there were two wonderful old-time drum shops on Wabash Avenue, Frank's Drum Shop and Drums Limited. And you'd walk in there, and it was the um, uh, the uh, um, the Willy Wonka effect, you know, when they walked in and saw it for the first time. So I think I kind of wanted to create that childhood uh, feeling uh, for myself with uh, this barrage of, uh, of of bits behind me. So I want to talk about your first ever solo album, but first let's let's get, talk sticks. Let's get that out of the way. The elephant in the room. You're the drummer for this mega band, this mega successful, wonderful band. Everybody doing okay in the band as they're all in quarantine? Uh, everybody's uh, doing well. Uh, I had a little Zoom chat with, uh, with most everybody uh, the other day. Um, we're all doing our part. We're staying in, you know, uh, staying in, flattening the curve, uh, trying to be safe. And, um, you know, if this wasn't going on, I, w- I would have been in Nashville right now recording the, uh, the upcoming Sticks record. Damn. So, yeah, that's uh, – in- instead, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you, James, but I'm, I'm – uh, Quite content with that. I, I'll tell you my concern. Is Tommy Shaw eating enough? When I saw him in Waukegan, he, he's real thin. I just want to make sure he's getting enough food while he's in quarantine. Well, it's, it's very annoying that, you know, he's always had a uh, six-pack, you know, when he takes up his shirt. And I, I'd never had one of those even when I was uh, 17. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty frustrating. But it, it's nice because I, I want my singer to be sexy. Be sexy. Do your thing. I'll sit back <clears throat> and uh, eat sausages. Watching, last time I saw Sticks was in Waukegan last year. It was early last year. There's something about seeing Sticks live. 
everyone in the band, you included, smile as you play. And there's something to be said for that. When you go to see a band live, you want to know the band you're watching is having a good time doing what they're doing, especially a long, long-running band like Sticks playing these hits. It's, it's still fun for the band, and that translates. And I think there's something to that. Well, you know, that positive energy is very contagious, and we do have a great time up there, and we all are dear friends, so it's, it's fun. You can't fake that kind of fun, um, and that kind of, I'm so sorry. See, there's one of them now. <laughs> That's one of my bandmates now. Um, you know, that, are, are you going to tell us which one? Uh, it's Ricky Phillips. I'm fantastic. He texts some sort of photograph. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, it'll it'll probably ding again. So forgive me. Um, he would, uh, yeah. You can't fake that kind of fun, and and that emanates from the stage. And then we see the smiles and the happy people out there, and it's it's this back and forth thing. I know that sounds cliche or cheesy or whatever, but it's it's true. It, it's a it's a magical thing that happens every night, and that's our drug. So as I'm watching the show. You know, my, my gaze is bouncing between all the members of the band. When I watch you, I get winded watching you play, Todd. Like, I'm watching you play fooling yourself, and I, I feel like I need to put my head between my legs because I'm out of breath just seeing you play that song. Uh, you should next time. You should definitely do that. Um, every, but that's a, that's a complicated song, isn't it? Every, your entire audience should just put their head between their legs. Um, that would be that's very a complicated song to play, isn't it? It's a tremendously complicated song. It, it's one of those songs that... Um, there's more going on than meets the ear. There's, you know, three or four different time signature changes, um, some tempo changes, uh, but it, it, it just kind of sounds like this, this like nice melodic song, but it really is. It might be my, if, if someone had to say, dude, what's your favorite song to play? It, it's probably that one. Probably. See, I, I would have thought maybe that, The Grand Illusion just is such a triumphant song. I thought that might be a favorite of yours to play as well. Uh, it's always fun. That, that, that's always early in the set, and I can kind of gauge uh, if I did the proper job warming up beforehand. Because I, I think that's, that's been the second song in the set for a while. I remember uh, doing that at Red Rocks in Denver, which is a beautiful place, but there is no oxygen to breathe there. So it sucks in that regard. I'm sure. It, it's so beautiful, it literally takes your breath away. Um, and I, I remember playing that and then getting the fun house mirror vision oh no i'm like okay let's just dial it back a little bit we don't have to play so hard let's dial it back and um yeah so i i, I sometimes think about that <laughs> that that night seared into my brain now you can take the guy out of chicago you can't take the chicago out of the guy can you show people what you have tucked away off camera right here yes i do okay now you know as when I was in your car for the last Car and Carney, uh, we did have Chicago style hot dogs, which is number one in my heart. But you know, since I'm in my home adopted uh, state of Texas, I do have a Opa's jalapeno and cheddar sausage. That was glorious. Fisher Wiesel peach habanero sauce on the top uh, on a Hawaiian roll. Which, so, which confirms what we knew all along. Todd Zuckerman doesn't fuck around when it comes to food. Oh, no, I, I, I made an omelet the other day with a, a salsa verde, uh, a white chocolate tomatillo uh, salsa Damn. verde on the top. So, yeah, I, I, I love cooking. I think if I didn't play drums, I, I would be doing something in the, in the culinary arts. 
So quarantine's treating you well. And, and as you eat, I'll mention, uh, thank you for watching on Facebook Live. I want to thank Jim and Brian and Denise and Edmund, uh, Lori, who says hi. Uh, Mike, thank you all for watching. There is Todd Zuckerman, drummer for Six, now solo artist, is enjoying food. If you could only taste this. I can imagine. It's, can it's imagine. smoke and heat, um, cheese with the, 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 the sweetness of the peach habanero. It's amazing. Here. Uh, is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a sore subject with the band? Does it just piss the band off at this point? Um, you know, I'm sure that they would love to have that honor. It's long overdue. It certainly is. I mean, they're the first band in history to ever have four triple platinum records in a row out of the gates. First band to ever do that. Um, predicated on that alone, that's reason. Yes. Um, I'm sure they'd, they'd like to do that while they're still alive, uh, be inducted. For me, I, you know, for, from my place, I could be in the band 100 years and that I wouldn't be on that stage. So it doesn't doesn't really matter to me. I'd like to see them you know, sure. um, but you know they 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 have a, a pretty strict policy of like if you weren't there in the uh, glory days, it doesn't matter how long you've been there. Right. Uh, you ain't getting a trophy. Um, right. Um, let's talk about the new album. I don't think people realize how hard and grueling it can be to be on the road. Yes. Being a professional musician is glamorous. It's fun. You get to do what you love every day, but it's numbing going from city to city, not always knowing where exactly you are. And that is one of the messages we get on your debut solo album, Last Flight Home. Uh, another message I get from the album, this is, this is an album that explains what it's like to be in love, is another takeaway I get from this. Yeah, it's, I mean, melody and lyrics and stories have always been the most important part of music to me, uh, above and beyond um, percussion Olympics, so to speak, you know? And I think uh, people were expecting percussion Olympics from the first Todd Zuckerman album. Well, you know, the, the, the funny thing is I, I just had the experience last year of playing on an uh, Antoine Fafard record, which is jazz fusion with some progressive rock. And, you know, in my opinion, that was a brilliant, amazing record. And that itch was just scratched. So I didn't have anything to say in that regard. So I also kind of didn't, and I'm not dissing Jazz Fusion because, it, you know, when it's, when it's great, it's great. But I also didn't want to make a record that, you know, like nine people would like, you know. <laughs> I wasn't really interested in that. Um, and this thing happened so organically and sort of against my will that I, I there are so many confluence of events that, that made it come into existence that I just had to follow whatever was happening. Um, you know, old pal. When, when you say against your will, how long ago did the seeds get planted for you to do write, write your own songs and sing your own songs? Uh, well, I, it was really with my old pal, J.K. Harrison, who had been cajoling me for, for some time uh, to do it. And he was, you know, I'd be like, ah, no. And I was like, yeah, come on, man. You know, we, we, we should do something. Ah, you know. And if, you know, finally, he just kind of got to me and got to me at, at the right time. And, and my wife Taylor said something um, when a uh, particular elbow record uh, was out. And there's a song, Kindling. She said randomly, you would sound great singing that. If you ever do something, you should cover that song. And that, you know, that was a, something that stuck in my head. Right at the same time, I was getting 
you know, cajoled by, by JK. And, um, and it just happened that way. It, it just all happened organically. And, and the song Last Flight Home was one of those magic uh, nights where we had written the song in 30 minutes. You know, it, it was you know, bing, 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 back and forth. I mean, if it was all, only that easy, right. it would be amazing. You know, hey, it's fun. But historically speaking, aren't some of the best songs in rock and roll the ones that were effortless, just kind of fell fell out of someone's head? Brian Wilson, God only knows. Twenty there minutes. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know when when inspiration strikes, it's you 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 have to keep going, and that was kind of the moment that I thought, okay, this this could be real because when when I when I first started this, I kind of did it as a lark, and after the first night when I heard what what we had done. Uh, the previous day, I I was ready to scrap it. I'm like, that, that was that's terrible. It's ter- like I'm sorry, I've wasted everyone's time. Let's just drink for the next three days while I'm here in Los Angeles, and we'll have a good time. You know, no no harm, no foul. And it was no 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 no. Come no, no, let's 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 try this again. Let's try it again. And I was able to find certain things that made it work. Coming from the Midwest, whatever Chicago accent I might still have, when you sing certain vowels like I's and E's can be really harsh. And they're not very friendly sounding. So to have a, a good producer like I had in, in J.K. Harrison, to be like, he'd say, "Dial back the Chicago." I got to go to think about how, how Sting would sound on, on that that vowel. And then I'd be really, and I'd kind of do an imitation. You'd say yes, but now don't do an imitation. Really mean it. And then you'd listen to it back and be like, "Hey, that all of a sudden that sounds real. That doesn't sound like when you hear your voice on a, a answering machine or something. You're like, ah, geez, do I really sound like that?" Um, so to to sing, which is something I've always been completely sheepish and nervous and aw shucks and feel like I'm standing there naked. You're just completely embarrassed about. Um, to do it well is so freaking hard. To to be able to sing line by line, in tune, in time, emote, tell the story of the song, and connect it all. This experience has made me appreciate singers of all kinds and all ilks, which I already did, exponentially. <laughs> because it is frigging crazy hard. Well, and you do. I, this is the first time I've really, I mean, other than harmonies, I, I've, I've never heard you sing like this before. You do some legitimate vocal calisthenics. Uh, there's one song on there called An Invitation, which is a very cinematic sounding song. And you give your voice a workout on that. And another one, um, where I, I hear those vocal calisthenics, for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, well, it, it, it I mean, it's, more, it's more high in language. I'm not exactly yeah. doing my Christina Aguilera runs or whatnot, but thank you. But that song, and she's Red Velvet. I mean, I think you really pushed yourself on those. That was, that was one that, uh, it, because the original, there's a, a, a demo of that that was a little bit more smoky Roy Orbison, and I, I couldn't do that. And I'm like, let's let's just belt that out like a, a cross between Radiohead Oasis meets some sort of swampy Texas Louisiana um, True Blood vibe, you know. Love and, it. And, and then that that sort of worked. And I wanted to really kick in the guitars at the end um, to give it that that feeling. But yeah, thanks, man. It's interesting you you picked out two Dark Horse songs from the record there. Well, I think the darkest horse on the album. I think this song is a total outlier. Is the damage. It, it, it's not a perfect fit texturally with the rest of the album. No, but somehow, but somehow it, it, it does. I mean, it's the most upbeat, snappy uh, song, 
but, but you, it, even even your vocals are different you, you put processing in your vocals that make it stand out from the other songs well because it, it goes right from its perfection which is a real true love song about the way it feels when you realize this is the person and i can't screw this up i gotta hang on to this uh and then the next song the character in the damage is a total wrecking ball womanizer <laughs> Uh, hurting people. I mean, there's a you know one of my favorite lyrics on the record, and there is a I've been around a thousand years. I've whispered in a thousand ears. I wish I was. I wish I were. I wish I was oblivious to the damage around me. I wish I weren't responsible for the damage around me. So it's it's a, just a, a whirling dervish of a of a, a, a character and scene change between side one and side two. If you still sequence records that way. I love that you think in terms of albums. And this will be available May 2nd in all formats, including 180-gram vinyl. Yeah, a limited edition. There's only 250 being uh, drawn up. And I noticed the, uh, they're all hand-numbered. The first 30 or so are already gone. Uh, yeah, oh, the, 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 the first, well, the first 20, uh, yeah, one through 20 sold out in like two or three minutes. That's so cool. Now, yeah. I don't remember, Todd. Were you ever a, a vinyl enthusiast? Were you a collector? Funny that you ask that. No, but I just invested in a really good turntable not three months ago, and I never got rid of my vinyl. I kept it through the last 35 years through you know living in different states. I always carried it with me, and I couldn't ever bring myself to get rid of it. It's like getting rid of photo albums to me. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Uh, so... I'm so glad that I kept them because now they, they, they used to be in the studio over there in a, in a, in a big uh, old you know, college furniture. Well, not, not unlike what you have behind you. And, uh, That's Ikea right behind me. Yeah. So they're, they're now, you know, most of half of them are in the living room in a, in a place of honor by, by the, the, the turntable. And I like that my daughter gets to experience picking something out because it's tactile, looking at the, the artwork, the, the photographs, um, setting it next to the record that will now playing a sign. And, and it infiltrates a room differently. It's like a little bit more syrupy in the room than just playing digital music, which just kind of hangs over your head and can be an irritant a after a while. There's something like there's an old friend in the room with you. Um, well, listening to records is a much more deliberate action. Yes. And it's funny, I got rid of all my records years ago because ah, no one's making records anymore. I have all these CDs. What do I need vinyl for? I moved with vinyl one too many times. I'm like, oh, I can't carry that up anymore stairs. I, I'm done. And I, I came back to it maybe two years ago. And there is something to be said, and I, I've said it before on, on this podcast, there's something to be said for committing, making that deliberate action, committing to a record. You know that for 20 minutes, you are locked into that artist's vision. You're not going to get up. You're not going to requeue the tracks and find a, a deeper song on that side. You're, you're locking in for 20 minutes at a time. You are committing to that artist, the good songs, the maybe not so good songs, but that entire artistic package. And I think the fact that it, you, you took the opportunity to approach Last Flight Home with that idea of an album is great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you know as well as I do that, that vinyl outsold CDs last year for the first yeah. time since, what, 1986 or something. And I wanted to have that experience because when I, when I really started doing recording sessions and doing albums, the albums were being phased out. So I don't have like all the cool 
record displays in, in my home office, you know, I have this little CD ones, which aren't as cool. Right. But um, some of the, the records that I did play that um, play on that were printed in a vinyl, I always made sure to get a copy of them, you know, so I, I, I have them. And I'm so, so glad that I do, it, 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 especially now with the quarantine, we play records every day. And that is bringing a severe joy and enhancement uh, and pulling out some of these records that I know I haven't played, well, almost all of them since the 80s. I went out and bought a bunch of stuff, you know, as well, uh, some of the 180 gram. But we're, I'm having so much fun. I am it. too. Same thing. I, I love it. And it's just, it's just that I, I reject the idea that vinyl is for hipsters. I think vinyl is just for music fans. Well, I, I was at a party six or seven years ago here in Austin and um, this guy named David Rice, a musician, and his studio like this, he had a detached garage and part of it was like walking into, it was like walking into Mike Isberian's basement. <laughs> it, was like, it was like walking into someone's basement in eighth grade with that type of furniture, you know, classic rock posters on the wall, the Dark Side of the Moon poster was up there, the Styx Grand Illusion poster was up there, you know, the Zeppelin Blacklight poster was up there. And his, his son, who was like eight or nine at the time, was playing records. And we were hanging out at the party and we, you know, kind of sitting on a couch. And every song that came on, I kind of looked at Taylor and went, listen to the bass on that, or listen to the, the punch of the snare drum. It was infiltrating the room in a much different way. It was like someone coming up behind you with a little blanket, like, oh, you're a little chilly? You know, you're out at the, at the campfire, like, well, oh, that's nice. That's the way it felt, and that, that stuck in my head. And, and as it, you know, Tommy Shaw went vinyl crazy, and a couple other people I know went vinyl crazy, and I, I kept going, hmm. I know there's something to this. I also don't want to spend thousands of dollars buying <laughs> records, you know, that I, I've, I've already bought the reissues and the gold disc yep. and the remastered, blah, blah, blah. But they just, it's, it's so much fun. I, I can't even tell you. You mentioned Taylor Mills, your wife. Uh, she turns up on the album. She does. Vocals. She's on It's Perfection. She holds the master key to set me free. <laughs> she does indeed. That's lovely. Uh, now, is she going to start playing drums on a solo album? Is that, is that how that works? <laughs> you wouldn't, she'd be the last person on earth to play drums. Here, here's what, here's a funny fact about my wife. We've been together now 21 years. And only once in all our time did she ever get on a drum set. It was when I had a big uh, Halloween party when the Percussive Arts Society convention was here. And it was like four o'clock in the morning. But, you know, she'd be out here and I said, don't you want to sit down and play? Or No. Like, aren't you even interested? Like, who doesn't want to go, you know, hit on something? No, I'm fine. I just enjoyed hearing and watching you do that. Yeah. yeah. That was a thrill for me. Fuck yeah. yeah you, 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 if you swing your arms around, you're bound to hit something in this room. No doubt. Uh, let's focus on the name of the album. Let's focus on the title track. I love... Uh, if you, if anyone's seen the artwork yet, the the cover of the album, a bunch of photos of your suitcase in front of different hotel room doors. That, that what a great way to tell tell a story just with that with one composite image. That's it. That's life on the road. Well, uh, uh, I I had the the 
the germ of the idea, but uh, that was Chris Marcos who, who did the, the graphic designing on that. A, a and, former Carcoon Carne guest. And yes, and, and uh, I had taken, you know, 60, 70 pictures of my suitcase against the hotel room door and sent him a bunch. And I said, I, I kind of have this, this image of just um, kind of bleak, drab suitcases against the door, like waiting to leave because that's, well, that's what I see whenever I leave a hotel room. They come, they come get my bags, the bags are, are, are by the door, boom. Um, and, and Chris it did this beautiful black and white treatment that kind of gave it this eerie Nosferatu vibe, but then there was one colorful photo because the suitcase was blue and I was in a hotel room uh, that was blue and gold. And he left that one in, in color. I never asked him what, what made him do that. But, you know, sometimes you ask an artist, why did they do that? And, you know, the answer is really, I don't know. Well, the images to me just speak to the anonymity of being on the road, just kind of going into your, your little temporary room for the night. Just, it, it, it's a pretty stark image, I think. The, the stark thing really for the song is just trying to get home. Like I went out and I did what I had to do. Now I get to co go home for three days. And the, the cavalcade of, of things that, you know, can happen at an airport um, under the best of circumstances, uh, you know, with late crews and changing gates and misconnections and you're not going to get your bag and you're just trying to get home. And all of a sudden you realize I don't have 72 hours at home anymore. I've got 68 hours at home. Now I've got 66 hours at home. And, and what a bummer that is and, and how it, it seems like warfare sometimes just trying to get home. For sure. Uh, you, you were talking about some of your lyrics earlier and you have a, a way with words, a very clever way with turns of phrase. I love ad lib everything. Great word play on that. Uh, I'll read this line. She was too good to be true and too true to be good. A lady with a past needs a man with a future. Really well, well done. Where, where, how, where do lyrics come to you from? That was all, hey, that was his. Oh, really? Yeah. I love it. He did most of the heavy, heavy lifting with a lot of that stuff. Because um, he's, he's just a, he's a, a, a brilliant guy and a great collaborator. And, it, and it's, it's fun. He's, he, has a, he has a way with words. So I, I can't take credit for that at all. Okay, don't, get, don't take credit for that. But you do have a good way with words. And others have, not, others have not way. Uh, I can't use them anymore. This, this has a highly emotional feeling to it. And I think the strings certainly help, help that along. Real strings will always have a gravitas far and above programmed or sampled strings. For sure. Um, th that's, that's cool that, that you, you picked that up because that does add a cinematic texture and a, uh, um, an urgency to the, 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 the feeling of this character has just lost it all. He's got almost nothing to live for, but but he still wants to. You know, he still he just he just wants to feel again. He wants to uh, sow the seeds and you know be a phoenix coming out of the ashes, so to speak. I know that's all cl cheesy cliches, but that's kind of what the character is going through. He's lost it all. I want to say hi to Denise and Edmund and Mark and Stacy and Joseph and Bob and Chad and Kim, uh, Chris. 
Shane, Jenny. Uh, Jenny says, excited for Last Flight Home. Can't wait to hear it. Thanks, it's kind Jenny. of a tease that we're talking in depth about it, but Jenny, it's worth the wait. Uh, Brian, uh, Chewy, uh, Nancy on here as well. Thank you all for watching on Facebook Live. That's Todd Zuckerman of the band Sticks. The new album is out on May 2nd. So I, I guess the most frustrating thing in putting this out is you can't do anything to support it other than stuff like what you're doing right now. You can't you can't bring these these songs in front of an audience. You know, before when I was talking about sort of the magic confluence of things that kind of made this come into reality was, you know, f first off, it's nice that I don't have to rely on this as a sink or swim for my life or livelihood. This was a fun thing to do on the side. Um, I, I, I thanked Phil Collins in the, the liner notes for the inspiration to get out from behind the drums. And during the making of this record, long story, I, I, I happened to meet Phil Collins last September for, you know, for the first time ever, which is a thrill for me. So the fact that that happened in the middle of all this is kind of gave it a little bit of magic, you know, fairy, fairy dust. And um, I had no plans to, you know, hey, is he going to leave the band? Or like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a singing star or, or, you know, do anything. This was just a grand experiment to see if I could do something that I didn't know that I could do. I know that I could do a fusion record and I'll probably do one at, at, at some point when I want to do that or when I have something to say in that regard. This was something, you know, I... I didn't know that I could do. Thought, oh, that'd be cool. I wish I had the ability to, but J.K. Harrison really kind of believed in me, and he 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 pulled it out of me. So you know, he 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 gets the credit on that. And then it was fun to see this all happen. Now, when you know this current situation reared its head in in March, I mean, I'd already printed up the the CDs and 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 ordered the vinyl, and I thought, well, geez, I can't do anything with this now. You know what sort of ass would I be like? You know, uh, hey, buy my record in the in the, the middle of the craziest crisis that that we've any of us have ever ever lived through. So I I shelved it, and then I had several musician friends of mine saying, "Dude, you might want to reconsider that. Like maybe right now, more than ever, people have time to to sit and li actually listen to music and actually care about something, That's get lost in something." And I started hearing that and started hearing that. And all of a sudden, my wife Taylor changed her tune on that. She thought, you know what, I, I think I think you should go ahead with this. And I, I posed the question uh, to you know the various social media outlets and it was met with 99.9% rousing, yes, you know, go full steam ahead. So I, I moved up the release date from the initial date, which is May 30th, um, and just sort of went into this w without a plan. So I, I think that was the right move. I, and I think I, I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people by saying, really glad you did. Because, no. yeah, we, we want good content. We want to make an emotional connection with things right now. As the world's upside down, nothing is certain. We don't know when the shelter at home initiative will be lifted. We want stuff that brings us comfort. And th this album feels comfortable. It, it feels like these are emotions we all experience. These are our textures our lives go through. So I'm glad you did that. Well, th thank you, man. And, and you know, the, the, the songs are, 
they're a little bit on the on the mellow soothing side or melancholy side so it's kind of a nice mood with this you know uh you know for those expecting like a like a hard rock and thing like i don't feel like rock i don't feel like <clears throat> you know i don't feel like rocking right now i kind of feel like all right yeah it's gonna kind of feel like 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 this and i just i need i i need a hug i don't need a <laughs> i don't need a rave right now you know yeah you do need a hug uh shane says uh, i'm buying thank you shane thanks shane Sign up a, a customer there. Um, Chancho says, looking forward to the record. Big fan of Todd and his drumming and instruction. You do a lot of that. Uh, thanks for moving up the release date, he says. You do. I, it's funny. I posted earlier that we'd be talking tonight, and someone wrote, and I'm totally paraphrasing and remembering incorrectly, but someone basically said that you were a very generous person, just in, in your time and the way you respond to people. I, I think that's part of being a Midwestern person in general, but I think that it speaks more specifically to you and your character. And I think that's awesome. Well, thanks. Um, I, I, I don't know how to comment on that, but I mean, I just, for me, it, it being a musician and being a musician as a kid, I remember all the guys that were cool to me and I remember all the guys that weren't. And yeah. that, feeling, that feeling never goes away. So why make anyone feel bad forever, whatever, you know, you would, come into their heads or whatever, you know, it, it, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. Exactly. Do you miss anything about Chicago? Oh, tons. Um, I miss the food. I miss friends. Uh, I, I miss that sort of Chicago feeling. You know, I, I always get very um, happy slash melancholy and happy slash melancholy when, whenever I'm, I'm back there because I spent the first, uh, you know, 27 years of my life there and I still identify as being from Chicago. I, you know, that will always be the case. Um, it's my favorite city. You know, if, if Chicago had San Diego's climate, there'd be 40 million people living there. So true. Um, I, I, I remember, God, this had to be, I don't know, six or seven years ago where I kind of went back to Chicago a couple times, you know, with, with the band or for other things. And, I hit, it was within like two weeks of each other. And, and like the couple of days I was there were those perfect 74 degree days, not a cloud in the sky, sun, uh, but just with a little crisp breeze and you felt the city, you know, it, 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 excitement. I know you know what I'm talking about. Those are the days, those are the reasons why we suffered through the winters, those exact days. Yes. And uh, I, was, I was having lunch with uh, a few members. Did you, remember, did you know Sam Salvi at all? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Sam, I, I, I took a driver's ed with Sam. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, we did. Uh, Adam's driving school, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. We did that together. Okay. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, anyway, I'm having lunch with, with, with Sam and Emilio and I, I said, you know what? I sometimes fantasize about moving back here and Sam in his uh, Salvian way takes a bite and goes, you'd be an idiot if you moved <laughs> back here. I'm like, what? He goes, May 10th. I'm driving to work and there's snow. And I mean, accumulation snow. Yep. Stay where you are. <laughs> yeah, Austin looks awfully good by comparison. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Susie, Patricia, and Glenn for joining us. So, Todd, the album, uh, can, we can get it on ToddSuckerman.com. You can pre-order at ToddSuckerman.com uh, right now. Uh, and it's the only place that you can get the vinyl or pre-order the vinyl, which will ship in late May when it comes in. Uh, and then it'll be on, you know, all the normal outlets of uh, iTunes and whatever, Amazon, I guess, uh, May 2nd on. 
And it, we can see the video for Last Flight Home now. You can see the video? Yeah, just search Todd Zuckerman, Last Flight Home. It's on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. That's really well done. Thank you. Uh, and as far as sticks goes, what's the update with the band? New music coming, in theory? Yeah, no. The, um, there's a whole record that's ready to go, and it's really, really fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been, I'm glad that I've had the, the pre-release of my record these last few days to kind of keep me occupied, because if I didn't, I'd be thinking about how I should be in Nashville doing the record right now. Um, but, you know, it will happen eventually, and it's, it's absolutely killer. I, I can't wait for people to hear that. I believe it, and we can't wait to see the band again when all this passes, because one thing Styx does exceptionally well, the set lists are really thoughtful. It's really well balanced between the, the songs you, the, the the casual fans might come to hear, some new stuff. I mean, it, it's a really thoughtful mix of stuff. And it, texturally, it, it bounces back and forth at the right pace. I, I really enjoyed seeing the band in uh, Waukegan. Thanks. Well, I mean, you, you got to see, I, I believe Waukegan was like a double set show, I think. No. I, th well, I think so, maybe. Okay. Because no normally when we're left to our own devices, uh, when it's just us in a, in a setting like that, uh, we would do one long show or a double set show. And you always have to pace the set list in interesting ways because when you do a gig at a casino, they want 90 minutes. They don't want any more. They want 90 minutes and they want the people out at yeah. the table. Um, you know, on one of the summer spectaculars where there's three bands, now you only have 80 minutes, 85 minutes to, to play uh, due to the set changes and having, you know, one or two other bands. So the, the, the best nights for me are the ones where it's just us, where we can yeah. pull out the deep tracks or do something from the mission that's a little on the mellow side, yep. where it's not the, the constant, okay, let's play all the songs that have to be played, and it's just like firing squad of hits, <laughs> bang, 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 and, and good night. I kind of like the, the, the pace of uh, the longer sets. I love it. All right, Todd, you know I love talking to you. I'm so glad we got to connect virtually across America tonight. This sounds like good night. Well, kind of. I mean, we, I'm going to kill the <laughs> Facebook Live, but we can keep talking. Okay, let's do that. All right. Um, Adam says it was an intermission show, and it was great. I thought right. so, yeah. Thank okay. you, Adam. Uh, I also want to thank Marty and David for joining us. Um, David Singer, who was on the show earlier this week, in fact. Uh, all right, Todd, I'm going to kill the Facebook Live. Thank you for watching, everybody. That's Todd Zuckerman. Get his new album pre-order, toddzuckerman.com. And stay in and stay safe, everybody. There it is.